Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They're the in crowd. We're the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from. We let our color show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Keller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. Now, here's Mike Keller. I will get high. We have a lot more to talk about when we reconvene uh, when the first day of the week is a Tuesday. There's just another, we got another 24 hours of sports to talk about that we didn't get to talk about yesterday. So uh, we're kind of jam-packed, and we have to condense Monday and Tuesday guests into a a single day. So we are going to visit with Don Banks at 335 in this hour of the program. We'll visit with Jeff Patrikas in hour number two. And we'll chat it up, uh, a little baseball conversation with Tom Hardicourt in hour number three. So I don't understand certain things of my own, my very own sports psychology. I don't understand why I don't like Houston. Now, Harden doesn't resonate with me because I don't love the way he plays. I get how he plays, and I see how incredibly effective it can be offensively. I mean, he is one tough son of a gun to play against. However... Not to get too basketball deep because I'm not a deep basketball guy. It's all isolation basketball. He plays a high screen and roll, and it's all isolation. And if he drives, and he will drive, if he gets into the lane and you bring help, he will lob over the top for the dunk. If you bring help from the wing, he will throw it out to the corner for somebody to shoot a three. So it is really simple, uh, small triangle basketball. If he doesn't beat you on the dribble, he'll step back and shoot the three. I find it, although impressive, to be boring. So I wasn't rooting for Houston. Not at all. In fact, quite the opposite. I was heavily rooting against them. I love watching Golden State play the way they played in the second half yesterday. And in particular, the third quarter. But in the second half yesterday, Golden State was 22 of 51, 10 of 18 from three-point range. And they out-assist Houston in the game and in the series by a ton. They passed the basketball. Houston had a total, what is it, 17 total assists. Uh, Golden State had 25. And that was every game in the series. Golden State passes the ball. Houston drives. If you bring something, they'll kick it out to the wing for a three. Golden State does some of that, but I just, Golden State to me plays the beautiful game. I know that's a soccer reference. But Golden State makes basketball pretty. And when they got it going yesterday, again, in the third quarter, which is their home, it was, unless you're rooting against them, it was fantastic. They are such a pleasure to watch. And to take it back a day to LeBron James, I am still in for the king of the mountain, being the king of the game, 
and that is LeBron, and he did it again. And I'm not going to have the LeBron-MJ discussion, but anybody that doesn't think that it's a real discussion, I have no time for you. I don't. LeBron has elevated his game at every step of the game of his career. He's elevated. He is fantastic. Rather than have the discussion, old sports adage, he is absolutely featured on Mount Rushmore for basketball. I don't know who's there with him other than MJ for sure. And not to get into that discussion. But if if Sunday again didn't help you redefine if you've been, I'm not so sure. If you're not sure now, look at the guys on the court with him and look who wasn't there. Kevin Love wasn't there. On the other side of this, Boston's not ready yet. On the other side of this, I don't know why Houston's not ready yet, but if CP3 were playing, Houston would be playing in the finals. I have no doubt about that. If Chris Paul was healthy and playing, he was their difference maker. He wasn't available. And Golden State did what they had to do, and Houston collectively, they choked. Collectively, they choked. Now, they could have gotten tired, but collectively, I mean, Trevor Ariza is 0 for 9 from three-point range. He's not a rookie. James Harden was 2 for 13. At one point, they missed 27 straight. They went 1 for 21 outside the arc in the second half. Somebody's going to say, oh, they, they got, I saw some of the analysis. They, they got tired legs in the second half. Come on. That can't happen. Not on your home court, not in a game seven. And I thought the moment got too big for him. Chris Paul would have not allowed that to happen. But it did. It happened to him. They stay at home. Golden State goes on. The NBA Finals begin on Thursday. I don't think it'll be a sweep. I think it'll be a gentleman's sweep. I think Cleveland will get one. But Golden State is simply better. They're simply deeper. And they're going to win another title. And then somebody's going to use it against LeBron, which to me is just folly. So welcome in. See, longer to start because we had an extra day of stuff to talk about. I'm Mike Heller. That's John Audius. Hey, fellas. What's up? 0 for 27 shooting threes. Um, I, I saw a tweet today that said some, that, that statistically happening is one in like 120,000. For to have that rocket scene with the percentage they were shooting this year, missed 27. So, I mean, that just, I don't know what it was, if it was a combination of nerves and legs and just weird stats, um, but it, it wasn't good. And the second Chris Paul went down at the end of game five, I thought, oh man, that sucks. Warriors yeah. are going to win now. Yeah, It sucks not, not because I was rooting for anyone specifically, but just that the Rockets had such a great opportunity in front of them. And with Chris Paul injured, you just got the feeling it's done. Yeah, and it was, and I think that was the the difference. Uh, Harden needs Chris Paul. Absolutely needs Chris Paul. I mean, honestly, let's be fair about this. If for Golden State, you took away Andre Iguodala. I think it's important, but it's not Chris Paul. For Golden State, if you'd have taken away Durant or Curry, they're not going to win. You took away Chris Paul from Houston after five games, they weren't going to win. They had a chance, but they weren't going to win. So you think it'll be a gentleman's sweep? I would make an Ian's Pizza bet that the Cavs win more than one game. Oh, I, I um, give me a moment to ponder, okay. but I'm pretty certain I'll take that. Okay, I don't feel exactly 100 percent comfortable in this I've, bet, but I've I'll, had the I'd moment. Willing, I'll take it. I'd be willing to roll the dice. I, 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 I pondered for a moment. I'll take Golden State not losing more than once. Okay, so 
the NBA Finals doesn't go any further than five games. Okay. There it is. Ian's Done. pizza Ian's bet. Pizza bet. Oh, what is it? Seven two right now. Seven three. Seven to two. After you picked up the victory of man, LeBron in the what? What game was that? I can't remember now. That was game six when he scored forty six. Yeah, with the over under yeah. at thirty eight. Yeah, and then I wanted to Jeez. go fourth quarter on the deal. Uh, game and, seven, right? Yeah, and you wouldn't. Uh, and not at your number. You, you, yeah, but you would have won at your number, and I would have won at my number. Yeah. Yeah, when you, I think you put eleven and a half in the fourth, I thought no way. Game seven, James against. I think like, he scored eleven. I think it was twelve. Was it twelve? I think it was because okay. I, I was keeping track, and I was like, "See, I knew it." Mm, it, was, it's, it was a good number. I, honestly, though. I thought it's he'd score fifteen or more. I was like, "There's no way James is going out with less than 15. Oh, points. and I got to get to Anthony Rizzo too. Bad slide, not uh, dirty. You can interchange either word. It's either not dirty, but it's cheap. Or it's not cheap, but it's dirty. I don't understand what you're trying to say. Oh, there's a slide. Oh, but I know, but why is it? I don't understand how you're defining this. It's dirty, but not cheap, or it's cheap, well, but not now, dirty. Now so you're basically Base- saying you can interchange the words, but then you can't interchange the right. words. Right. Major League Baseball has come back and said that the umpire should have called interference, yeah, it that a, it is a violation of the rule. Slide. Joe Madden uh, defends it, not only defended it, applauded it. So that's, that's, that's the right play. That's what he's supposed Rizzo, it's the right play. It, it's not the right play. And even if it were the right play, it's still wrong. You know, as the umpires ruled it in the game and going to video replay, and they called it safe that there was nothing wrong with it, they were wrong. Yeah, he slid not at home plate. He slid to the side of home plate with the intention of trying to disrupt the throw by the catcher. And the rule says you cannot deviate your path in order to make contact with the defensive player. It was cheap. If there is a path to get to the plate. And he had a clear, clean path path to get to the plate oh yeah it's no different in a slide than it is if you're going to run him over you know they this is the buster posey rule can't run him over and you have to slide but you can't deviate the path he totally deviated i thought it was dirty it's it's dirty and if you're telling me it's not dirty then i'll tell you it's cheap and if you're telling me it's not cheap then i'll tell you it's it's dirty. dirty yeah imagine here's what i think is amazing about that slide if we may um if draymond green was diving for a loose ball and went out of his way to dive at the legs of an opponent, let's say Cheap. LeBron James. Cheap and that dirty. That is all Sports Talk Radio would be talking about the following day, how cheap and dirty it was. Rizzo goes out of his way to take out the legs of an opponent, and you don't hear a lot of it nationally, if at all. I saw it on Twitter before I heard about it on the radio. Yeah. So... I'm with yeah. you. All right. You this is the Big Three at three. The top three trending sports stories this hour. Number three. Uh, I was cruising through Twitter, and I saw this with uh, Barstool Big Cat. You know Big Cat from Barstool Sports? I do know Big Cat from Bar- Barstool Sports. Pardon my take. I follow him on Twitter. You should, too. And he had tweeted this last night about, because we, sh- we should mention the NHL has its Stanley Cup final going on. At Barstool Big Cat. Yeah. He said, suddenly having a night fight a bunch of random dudes for 30 minutes on the ice during pregame isn't as cool. And that was kind of the conversation is that the, you know, the Golden Knights, they do this little intro beforehand and they have like a little theatric deal. And that, I guess last night's went on for a little bit too long. It wasn't quite 30 minutes. But I guess my question is, you've seen the intros and stuff. I, I watched last night, so it was like five minutes. It dragged on in moments and you're like, okay, what are we doing? Um, how long before that thing is old? Oh, I think it's I think it's old. It's already old. Yeah, I think it's al- I think it's already there. Especially when uh, you're watching a almost a five and a half minute video of it. Yeah, 
you're just and, watching like okay this what are we doing here yeah so what i don't know it's vegas I mean, so they're is, gonna is do big things? cat is yeah. big cat right like it's already not cool anymore i already it's, think it's i mean listen big cat is cooler than we are uh, well i'll say big cat is cooler than me yeah younger cooler bigger. cooler than me too bigger um yeah i didn't i thought okay this is cool and then i'm thinking you're gonna do are you gonna do this all i mean this is another game time every finals game yeah not as to watch it once yeah it was i i get it it needed to be like 90 seconds it was like five minutes and i guess they brought out michael buffer to do the intros (laughs) yeah no okay so let me ask you a question let me flip this uh for a second chris tweets in on the rizzo slide you compared it to to what would happen if uh, Mm -hmm. draymond green did it he says, uh, what about the hit on Rodgers within the rules, but it was dirty and cheap on the Anthony Barr hit on Rodgers last year? Because, And we talked about it at length at the time, that Barr absolutely could pull off that hit and not land full body weight. It's about a respect issue. But in the NFL, that is within the – there was nothing illegal. You can't even review it and throw a flag on Barr. But there is the second part of that – should you do that? And NFL players, Brady Papinga came on and told us, uh, in no uncertain terms, exactly that is what you do as a defensive player in the NFL. You are trying to take the head off the snake. You are trying to inflict some damage if you can. If it's within the rules, and it is, the Anthony Barr hit on Aaron Rodgers was a legal hit. So then it gets down to what are you trying to accomplish Defensive coordinators will tell their players within the rules if your hit can inflict punishment pain, inflict the punishment pain. It's like boxing. You are trying to knock the other player out within the rules. So I don't know that I agree with Chris that it was dirty and cheap because I think coaches will tell you that's your livelihood. Go do it. Yeah, the only thing I I could think of was I I always felt that Barr hit him within the right time frame, but as he hit him, he knew, oh boy, I'm going to be able to and, land fully and, and intentionally try to land on his shoulder. And not to, to to belabor last October's conversation, but that's what a coach, a defensive coordinator, a position coach, and all of the football you've ever played would have taught you in those moments. Brady Papinga shared that with us. And most, of, and sometimes, not most times, sometimes on that play, you will see the defender not even attempt to touch the quarterback like they'll pull up and knock him down right yep and kind of put their hands on like yeah i'm slowing down what but i'm sure do? that there's something to be said for hey i was pulling up to avoid the penalty but if you weren't going to get the penalty you wouldn't pull up bum, bum, bum. number two number two in our big three at three so we mentioned this the nba finals are set mike so what do you think warriors and Cavs. what type of series are we looking at once the NBA Finals begin, and it looks like we have an Ian's Pizza on the line. Um, I I just can't envision a scenario that LeBron and his teammates in Cleveland can run this series out past five games. I, I it's what's called a gentleman sweep. You get one, you know, maybe Golden State takes their foot off the throat for a game in Cleveland, and they win it. In game five, back in um, in game five, back in Oakland. Here's the thing. Here's the only reason I'm taking the Cavs to win more than once, and I know it's a it's a pretty long shot. Ian's pizza bet. 
I feel like this year's Warriors are good, and they can be great when they want to, but there have been stretches here where they haven't been that great. And so I'm kind of I'm gambling on the fact that maybe the Cavs figured something out from what the Rockets were able to do with them. Now, obviously, granted, different personnel. I don't know. I just feel like for sure there'll be one game the cat. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Cubs can get. And there's going to be that second game where it's going to be in doubt, and I'm putting my money that LeBron's going to be able to find a way to at least steal one more. So I know it's it's pretty high risk. I mean, considering the fact, maybe a better Ian's Pizza Bet should have been tonight's, uh, I'm sorry, not tonight's game, but game one. What is it, 12 and a half? Like that's a crazy number. Warriors favored by 12 and a half points. Like, can they really win by 13 or more points? I mean, sure, they could, but then at the same time, you start thinking about a number like that. Like, is it going to get that far out of hand at the end of the game? I don't know, man. It that could. might be our own individual Thursday bet. I don't even know what to think because I could see both happening. Like, I could see them just going off winning by like 21 points. But if they're up by like 15 to 20 points, I would think the Cavs would be able to. You know, you know how games end in the NBA. I don't know. It seems like a really big number to me. But we do have an Ian's Pizza bet. I'm saying the Cavs will win at least two. Number one. Mike saying they'll win one or less. Number I've already one. lost a, a, a playoff bet on Golden State and how many games they'll lose. So could be they could do that to me again. The Milwaukee Brewers are 35 and mm. 20. 15 games over 500. You know, I was trying to phrase this question but the question is basically has your expectations for this year's brewers change and the reason i bring that up is if i had told you at the start of the season right you had this expectation for the brewers like i think they can compete yada 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 and i said okay guess what i actually have a delorean and i looked and on may 29th they'll be 35 and 20 so do you want to change your expectations like if you knew at the start of the season that they were going to be in such a commanding commanding form at the start of june how would you feel about this team? So our expectations changing. And one last thing, I kind of try to equate it to this. So what are we about 33, 34, 35% of the way through the season, something like that. Yep. So if you went into the Packers season thinking, you know what, they're going to compete for a playoff spot. I bet you they'll be eight and eight, nine and seven. They'll be right around there. They're going to, they might squeak in maybe 10 wins on a really good year. And all of a sudden through 33% or about five games of the season, they're four and one. Like, are you thinking, I think they'll still win eight or nine games, or are you starting to change that? And I know it's kind of apples and oranges, yeah. sport to sport, but what do you think? Well, they're on pace for a 103 wins, right? I mean, that's the uh, winning percentage number on pace for 103. Uh, now, let me just say this. I don't think they're going to win 103. 
I thought they would win 89. I think that's the number I have out on our board out in the office. I have 89. Uh, would I touch that up a bit? Yep, I would. By two or three games. I would say 92. Now, who knows where this is going to go, but I understand this. There's no Eric Thames. There's no Jimmy Nelson. There has been very sporadic Ryan Braun. And by the way, he's batting fifth in the lineup tonight. Remember that that was a conversation we had a week ago, and it was Braun, apparently, that went... We'll talk to Tom Hardicourt about this in the 5 o'clock hour today, but apparently it was Braun that went to council about moving down to five in the batting order, making sure the council knew that he didn't have an issue with that. So don't not do this because we're worried about egos and feelings. That is fantastic. <laughs> that is fantastic. Braun's batting fifth again tonight. We were talking about that on the rundown with Adias Pilch and Finkelman. 3.15. Earlier today. <laughs> and we all kind of think like, the quote made Braun sound like, hey, I had this idea. Here's my idea, Skip. And we're all kind of calling BS on that. At least Finkelman and I were. Like, I don't think it's a big deal, but do you really think Braun... Like, Braun made it sound like, you know, I went to I went to Craig and I told him, don't worry about it, man. You know, I should be batting fifth. Like, I think the conversation probably went, hey, Ryan, we're, we're going to move you down to fifth. We're going to move you down the lineup. He's probably like, cool, let's do it, you know. He probably was very understanding of that fact, I'd like to think. But I don't know. Just He came across as it was like it was his idea or something. That's the way I took it. I was like, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't your idea. You might have went to Craig and said, you're okay with it. But I'm sure people were thinking about it well before I'm you sure went that to there Craig were, uh, Well, here's, here's how I, I would find a happy medium of where you and Finkelman were on this and where Braun is on this and say, I imagine that there was... There were other wheels turning. And through the intentional, unintentional leak process that we see in government and in politics all the time, maybe there was a leak in the clubhouse that said, hey, Ronnie, I'm thinking about moving you down to five. But maybe it didn't come from council. Maybe it mm. came from uh, you know, somebody else. Uh, it might even come from an equipment guy or somebody else in the locker room. Hey, here and there thinking about. And Ronnie then goes in, hey, no worries if you're thinking about moving me down to five. That's, I could see that. Wouldn't be an issue. Like, don't worry about it. Here's, here's Clubhouse what he said. politics, John. Yeah, here's what he said. Yeah, I mean, I, I suggested it. I didn't know if he was going to be hesitant or afraid to bring it up, like that he might offend me or something. Um, so I went in there yesterday and I said, you know, things are going so well. Obviously, Aggie's swinging the bat so well. Offensively, the team's in a good place. I think it makes a lot of sense to leave him there. Um, you know, they obviously are able to do whatever they want. But I think, you know, I just wanted him to know that I was fine with it. And I think we're both on the same page with it. Now, if that is Braun, if that's truly what happened, hey, kudos to Braun, man. That's a team player for sure. Like you don't trust him, though. Let's be fair about this. A lot of people don't trust him, and that's understandable, right? It's it, understandable. It just feels like he was trying to control the story and make it sound like he was the good guy, and maybe he was. It, truly, maybe he went in there, and everything could have been true, truthful for what he said. I just felt like he was he was spinning that story to make it sound like yeah, I went in there. I mean, don't you think if you're the competitor and the, the former MVP and the amount of success that you've had, that you'd be like, no, I'm, I'll be fine. 
just I'm gonna get out of this slump and I'll be fine. I'll hit my 30 home runs this year. I'll drive in my 100. I'll get close to 300. Well, just give another, me some time. Okay, so I have another idea on this too that I want to touch on when we come back because uh, if baseball leads you to to think in certain ways, so let me share that the other idea that is associated with this, and also to jump back into the Rizzo slide at home plate, which is not just because I don't like the Cubs, and and you know you you choose to believe this if you choose to believe this. But if it were Hernan Perez or if it were Lorenzo Cain, I'd have the same opinion of it. I'll share why. If it's not cheap, it's dirty. And if it's not dirty, it's cheap. This is the Mike Heller Show. Back in and with you on the Mike Heller Show. We're going to visit with Don Banks of TheAthletic.com talking about the rift that continues to grow wider between the NFL and the NFLPA. We'll get into that. Also, by the way, a really well-put-together piece by Bill Huber at PackerReport.com that we'll talk to him about on Thursday, about the holiday that the weekend represents, about the anthem, about protests, about what is right, what is wrong, without getting too political. Really well done by Bill. We'll visit on it a little bit more on Thursday. John, that's a 48-hour tease. You is like that those? the record? Um, it can't be the record. It's one no, of the top. Yeah, we've, we've done seven-day teases in the past, I'm pretty sure. Uh, the, the, the entire conversation about Anthony Rizzo from a slide that happened yesterday in uh, a game in Pittsburgh... Top of the eighth, three nothing Cubs. Bases loaded, nobody out, and the infield is in. A ground ball to short. He comes home to the catcher, and they're going to try and uh, turn the double play, going six two three. So shortstop to the catcher for the force out, and then the throw up to first base to get the batter trying to get the double play. The force out at home happens. But the replay, or the relay rather, from the catcher up the first baseline goes well over the first baseman because Rizzo, the runner at third base for the Cubs, slid into the catcher. And what he does there, it used to be a nothing. Like that, if that happens five years ago before the Buster Posey rule comes into play, it's a nothing. And I see a lot of the conversation that was associated with this saying that, you know, I mean, Joe Madden was furious, Madden hot about even the perception that Rizzo's slide was dirty, reference fans being taught the wrong thing. That's from Jesse Rogers, uh, who covers the Cubs ESPN Chicago Cubs. Um, Madden is all wet on this deal, and I understand it. You're defending your player. I get it. I know what they're doing. I know what Rizzo was doing. It's the way you're taught the game. It doesn't make it right. And in fact, Major League Baseball has come out today and said that their umpires and video review erred in not calling him out, in calling the, the, the double play a double play. They said it was a safe slide, that the slide was fine, and it's not. And today, Major League Baseball says as much. In their review of that review, they said they got it wrong. Umps wrong on the Rizzo slide, Major League Baseball says. 
Here, and that's not even the point. Well, I mean, it is the point if you're a Pirates fan, and if you don't like the Cubs, that would be the point because it helped them secure a win that they likely would have gotten anyway. But nonetheless, the slide, if you watch it, and I've, I've posted the, the video on it on my Twitter, at Heller Sports. The catcher steps up the line, okay? So he clears the batter's box forward. So once the catcher clears the batter's box forward, then the slide that Rizzo has to get into the catcher, Elias Diaz, that's that's a bad slide. That's a cheap slide. Okay, so if it's not cheap, it's dirty. And if you're going to tell me, okay, no, it's not dirty, then I'm going to tell you it's cheap. Whichever one you use, I'm going to use the other. Major League Baseball has come back today and said that it should have gotten that play reversed. And I agree. There's The Rizzo slide is, with no question, the intent is to disrupt the throw to first base. That's part of the rule that works against Rizzo here, and it's just wrong. So here's the rule for those who are going to be hardliners about this. The rule says a runner attempting to score may not deviate the pathway to the plate in order to initiate contact for other uh, player covering for the other player covering home plate. He may not deviate the pathway to the plate in order to initiate contact. The still picture is absolute. The catcher is a good 8 to 10 to 12 inches forward of the batter's box, which is a foot forward of home plate. So he's got it cleared by almost two feet forward. And Rizzo still, and the still picture is, it's damning evidence. It's obvious. And there is plenty of room up the line. And there's, there's no reason to do it other than to break up the throw, which is against the rule. Five years ago, it's all good. Today, Joe Madden is a, you know, he's a baseball traditional. He's been around the game a long time. He's defending his player. But when he says that, that there's an upset part in this conversation, that he's angry that it would even be suggested, the perception of Rizzo's slide being dirty, then Joe is just doing what managers do and protecting their players because otherwise he is all wet on this one. He is wrong. Flat out wrong. Now, back to the Braun thing, John, that I said I would touch on, too. We have Don Banks coming up next. Baseball players are superstitious. Braun has been hitting into what baseball people call bad luck. His average on batted balls in play is way off his career mark. He's hit a lot of line drives at people. A lot of one-hoppers that shortstops and third basemen have made great plays on. Baseball players are superstitious. Braun may also have been looking. And then what did he do yesterday? He stoinked one uh, on one of his three hits, was a stoinker, that he hasn't gotten any of those this year. So baseball players being superstitious, moving down to five, he probably thinks he got three hits yesterday that he's gotten outs on all year. So superstitious plays plays a role in this, being superstitious. By the way, that, that uh, Rizzo slide, I almost said Izzo. <laughs> That Tom Izzo slide. Um, if you want to check out what Mike was talking about, it's up at your blog at the Big Nine Twenty and the Big Ten Seventy dot com. But I'm telling you, man, like I, I can't believe that we're 
we as the media, national sports media too, I'm surprised it's not that much of a story. Like I could see, like I said before, I said this uh, earlier this hour, if Draymond Green does something dirty where he goes out of his way to disrupt somebody else and go to the legs of someone else, are you kidding me? He is, uh, that's all we're talking about, number one. Number two, you're talking about whether or not he's going to be suspended for the next game and how many games he should be suspended for. And, And Anthony Rizzo does essentially the same thing. He goes out of his way to try to deliberately take out the legs of the Pirates catcher. That is dirty, and he should be suspended for it. I'm not sure how many, at least a game, right? I, I mean, I don't think it's like that big of an offense. They play again tonight. He should be. You should not be playing tonight. Six oh five Central Time in Pittsburgh. Think Rizzo wears one? He batted again oh, last. Sure he, 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 he batted should. yesterday in the ninth inning. But if they do anything to him, it would load the bases. So uh, they they approached him the same way. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised. You know, Clint Hurdle's an old school manager too. He got tossed for arguing that yesterday. My guess is somebody might wear one in the rib cage. Just uh, be careful because if Larusa's watching, Jason on Twitter, I'm going to call you out. Uh, Jason just tweeted, "What is the over under for what inning Rizzo gets beamed next game against the Pirates?" Uh, no, hold see, on. I... Before we get to what we're going to get uh, Jason about, um. You're right. This is one of the only times, Mike, I think that the unwritten rules of baseball, like, I'm all about that. He, oh, he should get wait, one. Now you're on board. Like, if, because like, usually it's like, you hit a home run, yeah, and now okay, we're going right. to hit you. Yeah. Like, because you, you celebrated too much. Yeah, or you celebrated. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Something stupid. But if it's something like this, like you were intentionally trying to injure one of my teammates, you should get a baseball thrown at you. Now, back to Jason's tweet. This has nothing to do with Star Trek and Scotty. Jason, beamed. That's one of Mike Heller's pet peeves. Yeah, that has nothing to do with beam me back up, Scotty. (laughs) You can't get beamed. There's no M in getting hit by a baseball in baseball. It's with an N. The letter N is in Nancy. Beaned. 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 No, no M. Uh, but he totally should get beaned. Yeah. All right. Uh, think... We're going to visit with Don Banks, theathletic.com. Oh, talk about late, the growing we? rift between the NFLP and the, and the NFL. Don Banks next on the Mike Heller Show. Getting a chance to visit with Don Banks as we do every other week when we get into the off season as we uh, are. But man, Don, the stuff going on last week uh, again 
brought the NFL back to the front page in a way they just don't want to be. Um, how, how does the National Football League in an ownership or commissioner's office continue to, and maybe they do this on purpose, kind of miss the boat? If Had they talked to the players on this, maybe they avert some of the disaster that last week was? Uh, absolutely. Um, and then to come out and call it a compromise when you know they were trying to give the impression that the players were involved, I think the compromise clearly was among ownership factions, um, kind of a hard-line faction led by Jerry Jones, Bob McNair, Dan Snyder, and then there's kind of a, um, as someone described it to me as the Doves faction, which is Jeff Lurie and Jed York and Stephen Ross and um, Shad Khan. And I think the, the compromise was between those two groups and the fact that the players really weren't consulted at all on a right that they thought they had been given and had had affirmed in October when the story um, obviously um, reached a flashpoint last fall. So it is a it's kind of a tone-deaf policy, I believe, that the league, if they thought they were going to shift the narrative back to focus on football, I think they were being um, naive in believing that that policy, which in essence you know, tells the players, take your protest and keep it in the locker room off off the stage, off our stage, um, and, and and they call that a compromise with the players, and I, I don't think the players are going to see it that way at all. Don, is there a belief with you and maybe others that you talk to that if the NFL would have just not changed anything and, and let it be a backburner piece, that this would have continued to drift away from the public eye? I think that's exactly right, Mike. I think their smartest policy probably would have been, you know, to do nothing. To me, in a way, they almost panicked and said, we have to do something. Well, no, sometimes the best thing you do is if you don't do anything. And I I feel like the issue, you know, was progressing, you know, from protest to, to some sort of progress and with the league taking some initiatives uh, initiatives to um you know, put some money towards the the causes that the players care about. I felt like it was headed in the right direction in terms of whatever getting past the crisis state was. And the league, to me, just kind of reignited uh, this story and give, gives it new oxygen now. And I think now you're going to be watching, we're all going to be watching who's on the sideline, who's not. There's going to be reaction either way to that. Yeah, so so it's going to, as we slide forward, what's your anticipation on how teams will handle this, and will that cause uh, internal turmoil with rosters that don't come to a a full agreement? It's guesswork. I'm not not sure. I I think there's going to be some teams where you're going to have a lot of guys um, wanting to make some sort of statement about the ban um, that was just passed, and then I think you're going to have some teams where it's a very, very small issue, um, and it, you know, it, it does. There are cues being taken from the front office and the coaching staff in some cases. Uh, I would expect in Dallas, it's going to be very minimal. Um, I would expect in other places, perhaps Philadelphia, uh, the Niners, um, they're going to probably have some players who feel strongly that, you know, you don't just take this quietly without 
um, trying to reassert um, your your rights to make a statement about the issues you care about. Uh, reports out there that Brandon Marshall is going to sign a one-year deal with the Seattle Seahawks. Now, Marshall's 34. Uh, it's a $2 million-ish deal with Seattle. It is Should Des Bryant be worried about what his football future is when you see this? You know, the Brandon Marshall, who's a little bit older, is signing and Des hasn't yet? Yeah, I would, I would think that's a fair reaction. Um, Des has kind of issued a what-me-worry type of um, response in, in recent weeks after Baltimore was really the only team that looked serious at him, and, um, and then that ended. Uh, I, I could see another team getting into his market at some point if an injury in camp happens or perhaps in, uh, throughout the OTA process. But I don't think it's going to be uh, you know, a robust market for him at any point. I think people have made a decision that he, he, his best days are, are past, and now he's going to be, I guess, at best a complementary-type receiver. And there doesn't seem to be – right now the supply is exceeding the demand uh, when it comes to his, his services. Um, there will probably be a team that will step up and add him at some point, but no one seems in a hurry to do so. Don, last question for you here, and that is uh, as we relate to the NBA, another Cavs-Warriors final. That's four straight. Uh, the NFL has kind of a hybrid of that, right? New England has been like Cleveland or Golden State is in, in the NBA. New England's been that in the AFC, but in the NFC it's been kind of a revolving door. Do you think that works where football is concerned, where uh, you know it might not work if football had exactly what the NBA has right now? Yeah, I don't think it would work as well. Um... I, I think both components are always very intriguing to have one team that is identified as like the reigning power that everybody guns for, everybody is aiming to take down, and then to have that ability to do what a Philadelphia did, go mm-hmm. from seven and nine. Um, I want to say they were in last place in 16 um, all the way to a Super Bowl title. So I think it's actually the best of both worlds. For the NFL, I don't think. You know, remember back, obviously when Buffalo went four straight years, it, it became a you know a national punchline that no, oh, no, the Bills are back in the Super yeah, Bowl, save right. us from that fate. And even the two years that Dallas and Buffalo met uh, after the ninety three, ninety four, ninety two, and ninety three season, um, it, it felt somewhat anticlimactic that second uh, matchup, as I recall. So I don't think it would work. NBA style in the NFL, but I do think the league has one foot plan and the great thing is uh, everybody and you still have somebody a, a signature franchise to shoot for. Uh, we're losing you a little bit, but uh, I'm just curious what's keeping you busy. What can we uh, look forward to seeing from you? Well, actually, you know, I, I was at Game Seven. <laughs> I, I'm oh, not going to talk work for a second, but I was at Game Seven uh, Sunday night. Alyssa and I went, and um, it, you know. There's nothing more deflating than a home loss in Game right, 7. Right. Obviously, Houston fans had to deal with it as well. Um, but every uh, everybody's attention now turns to the first-place Sox. You have your first-place Brewers playing very well. Um, it feels like um, when Memorial Day hits, a, a chapter gets um, kind of page gets turned. Very good. Uh, Don, always appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Don Banks, theathletic.com. Our NFL insider joins us. In the off season, every couple of weeks, 
Once we get back into August, September, he'll be uh, on every Monday to talk about the National Football League. I'm kind of surprised Des doesn't have a team yet because I heard the news as well uh, about, was it, I'm sorry, who was going to the Seahawks? Uh, Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall, thank you. Uh, and, and I thought to myself, and Des really doesn't, no one, no one wants Des Bryant? Like, I, I yeah. feel like there's going to get to a point where he's just, he's going to go somewhere pretty cheap and there will probably be a lot of teams. Listen, if he goes somewhere cheap, Somebody will benefit. Yeah, and, and if he has a like, that's my biggest thing. If he has a really good quarterback throwing him the football, he's going to have an all right season, yeah. in my opinion. And so there are going to be a lot of teams probably, depending on if he has that good quarterback to throw him the football, going, shoot, we probably could have used Des Bryant too. I feel like that's going to be the story. By the way, on the uh, Major League Baseball's reaction to the Anthony Rizzo slide, saying that it was illegal, Rizzo said that the league stressed to them they didn't feel it was dirty, just illegal. Sources say no further discipline. I can add to that. If the league didn't think it was dirty, they might have thought it was cheap. And if it wasn't cheap, they might have thought it was dirty. But isn't that specific (laughs) illegal play? That just hurts my head. Yeah. That specific illegal play going out of the base paths to uh, you know make contact with somebody, can't you just say like that illegal play though is, is kind of dirty? Yeah, I, I do. Like that's just a technicality that they didn't call I it do. dirty. This is the Mike Heller Show. They're the in crowd. We're the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from. We let our colors show where the numbers ain't. With the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Keller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. Now, here's Mike Keller. I will get Back in and with you, second hour of the program, The Mike Heller Show, on a Tuesday. And because we weren't with you yesterday, and I hope you all had a great Memorial Day weekend. And remembered what it was for. To give just some thought and process to celebrating those who gave the ultimate sacrifice in defense of the freedoms of this country. That's what Memorial Day is for. So hopefully you enjoyed a little bit of that. And a lot of really hot, beautiful weather. And I call it beautiful. I, I wondered, let me ask this question of John Audius. Hello, John. Hey, fellas. What's up? 90 or 70? What would I prefer? Yep. Is it sunny both days? Don't complicate the matter. Probably 70. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Kari and I had that conversation, uh, but we both said 90. We both said I would prefer 90 over 70. So, you know, I mean, there are things you can't do when it's 90. Um, you know, we, we ran the half marathon this weekend on Saturday in Stillwater, Minnesota. Our starting temperature at 8 a.m. was like 84 degrees. When we finished, uh, temperature was just above 90. So, and that's not ideal. <laughs> that's a bad deal, to be fair. Uh, so in that regard, 90 is not fantastic. But if you've got some resources, you know, you can be at some water, whether that's a pool or a pond, John, for you, uh, or your, you know, 
your availability to be in a pool, you know, I guess pool or a lake or a beach probably comes in really handy if it's going to be 90. But I like to golf when it's 90. Oh, I did. Yeah. Because, I mean, you just, it's not really an issue. It, there, there's a point that it gets above and it can be an issue. But I like I, I liked it. It was a fantastic weekend. Uh, and the temperature is not a bother to me. Some people, it bothers them when it gets warm like that. I'm not one. I enjoy it and uh, and relished in in that, that we finally got there too. So I uh, love that. So welcome in on a Tuesday. We got some items to cover because it was a longer weekend. Uh, you've got an NBA Finals that you've got to repeat, 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 repeat. It's the fourth time that you get this in four consecutive years. And yet I don't mind it. My ideal day, by the way, 77 degrees with a slight breeze. Yeah. I yeah, think that's, that's I think that's like Yeah. But I see that. there's the thing is I didn't give you that option. No, so I know. that's why you're gonna touch a high of seventy. It's gonna be a seventy degree day, or it's gonna be a ninety degree day. I'm gonna take the ninety. You know, I I might take ninety because if you did want to do something where like you could do it in the morning. Yep. Right. Just yeah. wake up. Like if you want. There are options, John. Yeah. There are always options. Like you can go golfing at seven thirty in the morning, and it's still it's going to be nice and cool. It's going to be comfortable. You're going to be done at eleven thirty, eleven forty five. It'll be you know. It'll be a warmer. For then sure. don't you have a friend that's got a pool? No. You don't have a friend that has a pool. Do you have a pool? Well, wait a second. Are well, we friends? Oh. Well, do you have a pool? No. No, I don't. You don't have really? No. I don't have any friends. Most people I don't have, have any a friends. friend that's got a pool. <laughs> Huh? I was like, I don't have any friends. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, there are lakes, too, and those you don't have to have a friend. You can just go. Oh, yeah. They, they're like really big. Pools. Yeah, they're big. Oh, real quick. Can Uh-oh. I just uh, state something? Drew Olson's show is talking about uh, top 20 reasons why Wisconsin's the best or something like that. Yeah. And one of the reasons was it's got a lot of lakes. In more, fact. More lakes than Minnesota. So I did some digging. So technically, okay, it all depends on your definition of a lake. So Wisconsin, reportedly, defines any body of water as a lake. In fact, there's the smallest is like half the size of an NHL rink. That's a lake. And there's over 15,000 in the state of Wisconsin. Minnesota, which claims to be the land of 10,000 lakes, actually has uh, requirements. It has to be 10 acres or more to be considered a lake. So they actually have 11. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Thousand lakes of 10 acres or more. But if they counted any body of water as a lake, they'd have over 20,000. So just keep that in mind next time. Well, coming to defense of his, saying. Of his home state that he didn't even know Minneapolis wasn't the state. He thought <laughs> the Minneapolis was the state, but it's not. It's in Minnesota. Talking to the Vikings play-by-play guy. I was like, how's the state of Minneapolis? How's the state of Minneapolis handling this? How are they handling this uh, miracle play? Huh? Huh? He's like, this guy, where's this guy from? I don't know. So next time somebody says, yeah, but Wisconsin has 15,000, you can be like, well, technically, what's the the definition of a lake? Nice comeback, John. Solid comeback. Anyway, sorry to go off track. Treadmill Boy called, and he wanted to give you some crap. 
Even before we get to our big four and four. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, treadmill, why would you be calling to give me crap? But John, I don't, John begrudgingly put put me through. I don't blame him. But John, you got twenty thousand lakes, but you still have zero rings. Hello. So we'll, that's how that that's how that works right there. Heller, did you run? Did you run that that half this weekend? I did in Stillwater. Yeah. Are you trying to take? Are you? Are you? You want a shot at the? Cha- are you trying to take my crown, Heller? What's no, going I on can't. No, 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 I can't Wait, take your this, crown. Man? I mean, it, it, Jeff's a uh, treadmill's a runner. Oh, that's the name. But you just run on the treadmill. Do you See, actually I just run outside? Run. He's a runner. Okay. <laughs> actually, I'm a cyclist with a with a running problem because I'm I travel too much and the bike doesn't fit in the overhead. Yeah, that's but an issue. You, to be fair to you, so did you? You finished. Uh, you must have been. You must have been in the in the pain cave the last hour or so. That had to be tough. Yeah, I think. What do they say? Everything I uh, was reading on it up on it before we went because of my first real hot weather one is just the way it fell. And I think they say anything once you get above sixty or sixty five, every five degrees is a ten or twelve percent reduction in your output. Oh, really? Sure. Oh yeah. no. Your heart. Yeah, your heart rate. Your heart rate goes up before you even take a first step because it's cooling your body. I noticed that biking the last five days. And if you're not acclimated, you're getting pounded before you even start running. So good for, good for you for hanging in there. I'm proud of you. Yeah, thanks, Treadmill. Appreciate right. that. Take care. It was about... Um, I didn't even realize that. It makes sense. Kari and I... Kari is... Uh, she's, she's a... She's turned herself into a, a, a really good runner, and she she did better than I did on it. And we knew that kind of going in, so I said that, that there's going to be a point where I'm going to say, hey, just go, you know, keep going. And uh, she went about eight minutes faster than I did. And I, we were both about, she was about eight minutes off of ultimately where we wanted to be, and I was 16 minutes off of ultimately where I wanted to be. Some of that's just it's heat. the heat. I didn't think about it like that's a good point by treadmill. The second you step outside and it's really warm, your body's like, oh, we got to cool down, and yeah. you haven't even started running yet. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there were there were a lot of um, there were some issues on the course. There were ambulances out and getting people um, who had collapsed or is it whatever. Are you kind of like a camel? Like, do you store water? Like, do you drink a lot of water the previous day? Does that? I don't even know how You're to. Supposed to pre- I don't know the proper yeah, way to hydrate. You have to hydrate in advance of it, and um, and then the hydration on the course usually it's every two miles. So you can't just go into it and say you. I'm drinking a lot of water to this morning. That doesn't work. No, no, it wouldn't. Your body's already like. Yeah, you gotta. It's got to be a, a little bit of a ramp up to it, but um, but they they did a good job, and it was it was a it's a beautiful course on a beautiful bike trail. Uh, outside of Stillwater, Minnesota, finished in downtown Stillwater, but above, well above the river, because Stillwater, Minnesota, is has huge hills that go down to the riverfront and the downtown. They had the course finish above that, nice. which is good because uh, you would think running downhills is easy, and it's not. No, no, you, especially when you're tired, running downhill would be a bad deal. Anyway, enough get, on that, John. Legs get all wobbly. Yeah, let's uh, move buses. This is the Big Four at four. The top four trending sports stories this hour. Number four. Fill in the blank. Anthony Rizzo's slide at home plate was? Uh, well, it, it's, it certainly borders on um, cheap. That doesn't make him a dirty player, but I do think the play is cheap. And uh, Major League Baseball said that the play was illegal today in their review of the review yesterday when they reviewed it in the eighth inning uh they went to video replay review to see if they could call rizzo 
out and out for interference, which would have uh, completed a, a double play. Uh, the video replay said no, the, the play was legal. Major League Baseball has come back today and said the play was not legal. They're right. I don't know why they weren't right yesterday, but they were right today. Even if they wouldn't have come back with this, here's my point, John, is that it is cheap. That doesn't make Rizzo a dirty player, but the play was cheap. And I know that they, they used to teach that used to be an acceptable element in baseball. It's not anymore. It isn't. The rules state that it isn't. And Joe Madden was angry yesterday that somebody would even infer that that was a dirty play. Okay, Joe, it wasn't dirty. It was cheap. And it was. If and you, it is. And if you don't, if you haven't seen it, go check out Mike's blog at the Big 920 or the Big1070.com. He got that up on your blog. Yeah, I think it totally was dirty. And didn't you have a tweet that said, baseball said it was illegal, but not dirty or dirty or what was that tweet all about you had mentioned last hour oh that uh rizzo uh, said that the cubs were informed th- and rizzo informed that it was an illegal play but not considered uh there, there would be no other action mm, no i think you consider- should be honestly i think you should be suspended well now- I, I tell you what i mean here's the thing um and, and this is part of the stuff i don't get LJ tweets in at Mike Heller Show. He says, went back and watched the Rizzo slide again, which you can do on my blog or on my Twitter account. Uh, go to the blog page, Big1070.com. He says, went back and watched the Rizzo slide again. Yes, it's against the new age MLB rules. But, LJ, it's just against the rules. <laughs> so, editorializing there, you can, I guess. But he says, I really don't have a problem with it. However, maybe not this series, but sometime during the season, Rizzo should wear one. The unwritten self-policing yeah. pol- rules of Major League Baseball. So what I guess what I don't get is if you really don't have a problem with it, then why should he wear one? See, I've got a problem with it. That's why he should wear one. So I have a problem with it. LJ, you don't have a problem with it, but then you say, but he should wear one. I don't get it. If there's no problem with it, then I don't want him to wear one. That's where we part ways. I have a problem with it. That's why he should wear one. I agree. And this is one of the few times I actually like the unwritten rules of baseball that he's going to get beaned because he, with an N with an N because he should honestly like Look I, at you go. I, 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 I watch one that of the play. rare times. I think that I'm having a positive influence on you. I watch that play and he totally deviates from his base path. He's sliding to the. You know, the inside part of home plate yeah. or the... And he wasn't really sorry. I mean, he could get the plate. Yeah. And there's he, so only could, one reason for that slide. John, yeah. you're absolutely dirty. right on this, John. It was illegal, and honestly, baseball's wrong. It was dirty. You're not going to hear me say that a lot, but you're absolutely right on this. I should move on. <laughs> Number three. I keep talking. I might say something else that you'll disagree with. Number three in our big four at four. I saw this from, you know, you follow Barstool Big Cat on Twitter. I do. Uh, from Barstool Sports, part of my take. half a million others. Yeah. Uh, he had tweeted this, and it, it got me thinking about the intro. Listen, we can sit here and talk about the Stanley Cup final if you want, but I'm going to focus on the intro, right? You know the Vegas Golden Knights have that big, long intro. Here's what Big Cat tweeted. Suddenly having a night fight of... Uh, night fight... Okay. Three, two, one. Suddenly having a night fight a bunch of random dudes for 30 minutes on the ice during pregame isn't as cool. And I was trying to figure out, because a lot of people talk about in the big production that Vegas has before the games, and is it, is it gotten to the point where it's not cool anymore? Have we already jumped the shark on the, the Golden Knights intros? I thought it was cool, but now 
um, as I was watching it and it kept going on, and I only watched the five, what was it? This thing's like five minutes long. Five and a half minutes. Yeah, something like that. I was like, okay, this is, was, is, was cool. Is it cool? And I started thinking, what what are they what are we doing here? Is this going to go on the entire series? This big and is long this five what minute they intros? do in Vegas all the time? Are we are we going to before every game? There's like medieval a little, times. Is that what we're doing? Little play before every game. Like it was pretty cool. Like I thought the intro and the delivery, but it I thought it dragged on. Uh, I saw that that tweet by a big cat, and I was like, you know what? I wonder if this is cool anymore. Well, if he thinks it's not cool, there's a there's a six hundred thousand people that are probably agreeing. It's probably not cool, I guess. Let's move on. Number two, NBA Finals are set. It's the Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mike, this is a mismatch, right? This is the Warriors in four. This is the Warriors in five. In five, gentlemen, sweep. In five. Now I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say the Cavs get one, and somewhere else in those four games they're going to steal one. So they're going to get one and steal one. They'll get one and they'll steal one. And we have an Ian's Pizza bet over under one and a half losses by the Cavs. I've got or, I'm the sorry, un- wins yeah. by the Cavs. Yeah, I've got the under. You've got the under. So I'll take Golden State in five. It could be four, but I think it'll be five. But there's no way Golden State... Uh, I shouldn't say no way because I was wrong What's in seven? the series yeah. against Houston. And I do think, and I, I believe this without question, I think if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt... Houston's playing in the NBA Finals. I do, too. I think the second he went down, they lost that series. And so, I don't know. Are we going to be entertained in this series? Like, here's the poll question I had today on the rundown with Adias Pilton Finkelman. Almost the exact same time in the 4 o'clock hour, 4.12. You were three minutes earlier. And this is Pilch's idea last week. But if you could only watch one, would you rather watch Washington and Vegas or Golden State and Cleveland? Yeah, I'm, uh, I would rather watch the NBA Finals. And, and I know some people are saying, well, come on, it's the fourth straight year. It's different. It, it's going to be different. And you're watching. Okay, so what you're doing is you're you're kind of watching Gretzky, right? In LeBron? In yeah. LeBron. You know, I mean, say which one's Gretzky. Is it is it MJ or is it LeBron? I don't care. Of this generation, you're watching Gretzky. All right, so... Some might say, well, that's Ovechkin. I don't think Ovechkin and LeBron are the same guy. So I'm going to watch LeBron, and then I'm going to watch what I think is the most entertaining NBA team since the Showtime Lakers. And they changed the game. Golden State has changed the game. And it's not brand new, but they changed it, and they continue to evolve. Their third quarter yesterday, I had... um, about four moments when I just went, what? What? On made threes, on Curry, on Durant, just a, and Clay. The things that they did, there was that through the legs bounce pass when Curry gave up the ball on the baseline and kept running the baseline and gets a through the legs bounce pass back to him in the corner, catches and flips, and it's good. And you know it's good. It's good when it leaves his hand, it's good. They're just things they do that are spectacular, and I can't take my eyes off watching them. Would it surprise you that 65% say the NHL? Yeah, I get it. The NHL is a, it is a fantastic product. I've said this over and over again that I wish I was into it more because I feel like I'm always missing something when I'm not fully invested, but I can't get there without my team. Can't get there without my team. Can we get Gary Shuchuk on the show tomorrow? Can Mm, he explain to us who the favorite is? I can go through his people. Okay. 
Like Go. if I get in touch with Gary Shuchuk's people, yeah. it sometimes it takes more than a day because there are layers. There's a lot of layers to the the Shuchuk onion, and you have to get there. I mean, it's got to be a written request. Uh, lots of green room requests that come back in turn. Faxes, too. For some reason, yeah. they're still faxing Fax over in the shoot-chuck department. Yeah. Uh, Bill tweeted, uh, I'm done with the NBA. Same two teams every year. Hashtag boredom. Yeah. So, Bill, are you done with the with the AFC? Are you done with the NFL and the New England Patriots? Same always team the Patriots. Every year. Always the Patriots. Boring. Packers always win in the North, usually, when Aaron Rodgers is healthy. Sometimes. Boring. <laughs> But she's not bored with that. Uh, let's move on. Number one. Number one in our big four at four. So the Milwaukee Brewers, 35 and 20, Mike, 15 games uh, above 500. Is it time to change our expectations? Now about 33-ish percent through the season. Yeah, of course it is. A little bit more than 33%. You know, um, 54 games is the third mark of the Major League Baseball season. So the Brewers are one game over one-third of the way through. And, yeah, I think I think expectations have changed. Craig Council saying that they've set themselves up to have a very fun summer. Uh, yeah, I would, I would say absolutely those things are in play. I'll give you this. You know, I like to do this, John. Uh, the Brewers are on pace for 103. I don't think they're going to get to 103 wins. But I had them at 89 when the season began. And I think that deserves a, a tick up to go to 92, maybe 93. And I'll let you do the math on where they are, what they'd have to do to well, get... Huh? <laughs> what? Um, Mike Piltz did that today. And I said, I stopped the show and I said, are we sure we want to go through with some Brewers math? The last time I did Brewers math, they missed the playoffs. Uh, and he said, yeah, basically they have to be 500 to get to 90 wins. Yeah. The rest of the way. So, I mean, I just look at the standings, and, and the Brewers, um, you know, their run differential is way up. They they lead the division by four and a half over the Cubs, by five over the Cardinals. The Cardinals are in tonight. I look at the 538 website, the baseball uh, a sports prediction site on their 538.com deal. And the Brewers right now at their high water mark at 76% chance to make the playoffs, 40% chance to win the division. They are inching closer to Cubs territory. Cubs still a point higher to make the playoffs and four points higher to win the division. So the Cubs are still at 538, the favorite. But the Brewers are making some ground, and all you got to do is continue to just do what they're doing. Play really good defense. Pitch well enough from the starting rotation. Pitch much better than well enough from the bullpen. And now they're hitting. Temperature has turned up, and they are hitting and they're not even fully healthy, as Eric Thames is still uh, not back with the team yet. And the way I, w- I looked at it, too, as far as expect- expectations changing, like, I, I agree. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With you, Mike, they should be changing. Like, if you thought going into this Packers season, like, the Packers could contend for a playoff spot. They might have eight. They might have nine. Maybe ten wins and a really good run at it. And five games into the season, the Packers are, like, four and one. You would be thinking to yourself, oh, shoot. 
I better I better change my outlook on this Packers season. They're a lot better than I thought they were going to be. And so I think it's the same way with the with the Brewers. Like at 35 and 20, we've talked about this cushion. They built this cushion. They can absorb a couple of slumps here and there. I think I think we should be talking playoffs. We're going to visit with Tom Hardicourt in about an hour's time. Jeff Patrickus will join us next. By the way, the Brewers will send Zach Davies to the mound against Michael Waka tonight. First pitch, 640, 640 at Miller Park in Milwaukee. Jeff Patrickus, oh, the Brewers might make its way into the conversation with Jeff Patrickus. That happens next. This is the Mike Heller Show. You know, it's days like this that I spend a little extra time looking at the standings in the National League. Like, like let's just take it this way. Oh, is Jeff Patrickus on the phone? Jeff's ready to go. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I got distracted. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm listening to you preen. <laughs> you know, if the playoffs started today, <laughs> the Brewers would have home field advantage throughout the NL playoffs. No, they would just be given a buy in each round and advance to the championship. I like that idea too, Jeff. I mean, you just keep doing what they're doing. You you did see the quote from my mother, though, correct? Yeah, but you know, I mean, we're all creatures of habit, right? So <laughs> you know, past results are not indicative of future earnings. Is that what they say? Okay, so what they've done to this point isn't indicative of what they're going to do to it. No, what 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 you're <laughs> you know what you've learned in years past has nothing to do with this. Okay. Yeah, you don't have to. The, these these all count. You're 35 and 20. They have the best record in the National League and the third best record in baseball, and that's all they have right now so far. That's all you can have is is who they are. It's all part of the journey, Jeff. I'm enjoying the journey. Are you? Yes, I am because I I know what's waiting down the road for you. Well, yeah, you you think you know what's <laughs> waiting down the road. Um, so I, I, I would ask you what you're working on, but I would think at this time, uh, the, the answer is the same question, uh, the same as you've answered the same question the last couple of weeks is you're just work, kind of working ahead. There's nothing no, new. Little, no, there's a little basketball news today. They're getting a, a walk on from Northern Illinois, a kid from Prescott high school, uh, a center Owen Hamilton. He's, you know, not getting a scholarship, just joining the program as a walk on. He had played little bit as a freshman at Northern and just decided it wasn't working out. He had dreamed of playing at Wisconsin, so he's going to give that a shot. Um, there was a kid um, from Rice, and we've talked about him before, Malik Osborne, Wisconsin, and other schools had been recruiting him. Uh, he announced today he's going to Florida State, um, which means Wisconsin will have uh, five scholarships over the next two classes, 19 and 20, to balance out. Um, so we'll see what happens there. So, you know, when the season ended, there was obviously a lot of conversation with uh, on a lot of different fronts of a grad transfer, uh, a, a JC, some other veteran player to come in. That didn't come to fruition. Is that okay? Yeah. There, I mean, there was one kid that was a legitimate chance to come in as a grad transfer. He stayed 
closer to home, and that was Wyatt Walker, who um, decided to go to North Carolina State. Um, his significant other is at Florida, and that's easier for her to get there. Um, and Malik Osborne was the only kid, a significant kid that they really recruited to help down the road. Um, he was someone who announced that he was leaving Rice, and he played as a freshman. He was going to have three years left. I mean, he would have been a solid addition to them had, had they been able to work things out on every level. Um, that didn't happen. So, like I said, instead of four scholarships over the next two classes, they've got five. Where where football is concerned, uh, June is always an, an interesting month. How much do you pay attention on their elite camps, and how much work do they get done in that regard as far as recruiting is concerned? I'll be drinking in Arizona in June. <laughs> <laughs> that should tell you how much I pay Good attention to the camps. Yeah. No, June's the only time I can get away, so that's when I get away. Now, we'll have some stuff um, tomorrow, web, Thursday paper that you might be interested in. Nothing groundbreaking, earth-shattering, just, just some stuff that's related to football. Um, you know, look for it on the web. I'll tweet it out to you tomorrow. Those, uh, the news of the Pittsburgh agreement uh, some seven, eight, nine years down the road on the home-and-home, um, we, we talk about this every now and then. Can you give a, a concept of how difficult the process is of trying to get a schedule put together and why those are six, seven, eight years down the road? Well, you know, it's, it's changed now a little bit because with the Big Ten going from eight to nine league games, it takes away an opportunity for a, a non-conference game. You've got the Notre Dame series or, you know, agreement scheduled down the road. You don't want to, you don't want to overload your schedule because here's one of the things you're balancing for, for, for all teams across the Big Ten. If, if you want to have a, a home and home with somebody, it's it's it can be difficult because, for example, if you're Wisconsin, do you really want to play a big name school that's really going to test you in a year where you have four home league games, five road league games? Um, you probably don't want to do that. So there's there's that factor. There's finding the right team. You know, Pitts, to me, Pittsburgh is a nice addition even though we don't know what the teams are going to be like down the road. But Pittsburgh is a program that I think is, is a good, different program to bring in. Uh, it's one that UW fans haven't seen, unless you're around, what, for the one game in the 60s and the two games in the 30s. Lukey was probably there for those. <laughs> nice. Look at you taking a little run at Lukey. When he's, he, he's listening, isn't he, Lukey? Probably not. I doubt it. I got it. Um, now, I, I also, last thought here, I also see you tweeting in on how entertained you are in watching the Stanley Cup playoffs. Are you watching hockey over the NBA? Is that your choice? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, to, to me, and, and I grew up a basketball fan, you know, just basketball fan in general, high school, college, NBA, whatever. Um, there, There's nothing that beats the NHL playoffs. I, you can sit there. There was one stretch last night maybe from seven minutes left in the regulation to two and a half, something like that, where there was no – the puck didn't stop because there were no whistles. And there were chances at end-to-end going back and forth, and my heart was just pounding. And that's just – some of the things you see on the ice are just fantastic. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm there. I agree with it. I, I wish I was more invested. I've talked about that many times. I'm not quite there. Um, Jeff, as always, uh, thank you. Are you at Miller Park anytime soon? You and I go, just go sitting in, taking in the game. Arizona, sangria. That's that's the number one goal on my list. 
uh, Miller Park, uh, not on the list. Have uh, not been there. Don't plan on going yeah, there. I'm apparently not allowed in. Wait, uh, you, you've never been to Miller Park? Did we know no, that? No, we, don't, we driven, know that. Driven past it. We do know that. Oh, wow. Well, not allowed in. Okay, well, no, the, close, the, the closest Masala. I was right. to Miller Park, all, all joking aside, this is serious, was uh, a game in County Stadium was right after the crane collapse. Um, in fact, they had to cancel or postpone a game, and, and I think it turned into a doubleheader. And I remember sitting on the third base, lower deck, watching all the people go upper right field extension just to look to see the damage, which I found a little bit odd, but that's the last uh, thing I remember from mm. was the closest I ever got to Miller Park. Yeah, it's strange to me, but that's okay. Uh, I think you're strange, anyways. So um, I am. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. So are you? You're going to join us though when you're drinking sangrias? Oh, absolutely. All right, poolside. Hopefully, I'll have a sangria in my hand when we're talking. Yeah. Well, that'd be nice. Good. We'll look forward to that. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Talk to you guys later. Jeff Patrick is the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. JS Online joins us Tuesdays on the program. It, you know, the Jeff amp- would prefer ninety over seventy. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he'd prefer one hundred over. 70. Uh, you know the Ampham Championship at University Ridge in Madison? Yeah, I'm aware of it. They announced three-fourths of their celebrity foursome. I, I and I'll, I'll tell you who they are. I can't talk about when we come back. The fourth. Well, I'll tell you who the three they've announced oh, already okay. are, yeah. in case you missed it. Okay. Okay. That's that Saturday. They play the back nine, right, at University Ridge? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. John's going to tell us all about that. Three-fourths of that field is set. We'll get to that. In a moment, this is the Mike Heller Show. Welcome back. John Audius filling in the John Audius Show today on a Tuesday. Do you see this celebrity foursome from the AmFam Championship? Here's something for you. Hey, I'm right here. Oh, it's Mike. No, I didn't see the foursome, John. I saw the threesome. That's right. They have three of the four. You know, every year the American Family uh, Insurance Championship at University Ridge in Madison, they have this fun day on, what is it? It's is it Saturday, where they bring in celebrities. And last year it was Favre, Jeter, Darius Rucker, and Andy North. Mm-hmm. year before that, well, Favre was part of the deal with... Andy North, and Steve Stricker. Stricker, and that's Tauscher. right, and Tauscher, Mark Tauscher. Well, they've got three of the four announced today at the AmFam, and here you go. Andy North, he's going to be a staple. I knew this. he was going to be in yeah, it. Andy North. Derek Jeter is coming back to Wisconsin. He liked it. And Brett Favre Brett is also coming. Brett Favre! Third straight year with Brett Favre. And they will announce the... Uh, they say to stay tuned. Uh, they'll announce the identity of our fourth player on Thursday. They say so. Thursday, you'll know who the fourth will be. But that, you know what? I, I've come. I was talking with somebody about that this weekend. Favre in this celebrity foursome is kind of like I think becoming a pretty cool tradition. Like I don't think you get sick of Brett Favre every year. It's like unique to the people who haven't had the opportunity the last two years to go see the one of the all-time great Packers. And even if you have, it's still pretty cool to go see Brett Favre, <laughs> you know, because you get to watch. It's not just a Brett Favre appearance. It's a Brett Favre appearance with another celebrity. Oh, and you get to watch all these all-time great golfers compete as well. 
So it's like a bonus. So it's not like you're just specifically seeking out far. But I think it's cool. So they're gonna it. they're gonna play the back nine on that Saturday, and uh, I believe you played the back nine there yesterday. Yeah, they're starting to put up uh, some of the stands. Was right that now. an audition maybe for you? Yeah, I mean, I shot like a fifty something. Not bad on on uh, nine holes, right? Fifty three, I think it was on the back Ooh, nine. Come on, man! I had a quadruple and a quintuple bogey. Yeah, back to back holes, which kind of burned me. It is a fantastic <laughs> deal. And by the way, I think we might be, you know, we might know. We may know already. But the on Thursday, is. we might be able to tell you. Yeah, yeah, might even, you know, well. I don't know. Stick around. Thursday will be kind of. We'll have some fun. I also think it should be a tradition that Favre throws a, Favre throws a football into the crowd on seventeen, like he did last year. Oh yeah, yeah. Remember, some did someone throw him a football? He signed it and threw it back, or did they have it? I don't know what the exact circumstances was, but then he had it. And he kind of dropped back, turned, and fired it into the Great Dane section of of uh, the stands on seventeen. That's dangerous. Oh, come on. Throwing a far fastball into yeah, people it, who are it, drunk and don't know how to catch footballs? <laughs> well, even when they're sober, they probably don't know how, but yeah. especially if the throw's coming from Favre with a little sauce on it. All that just, boom, right off the fingers, right into the nose. The broken yeah. nose. So so good stuff going on there. Uh, and, you know, so we know three-fourths. We know the thruple of the, that foursome. So we know Jeter, Derek Jeter. We know Brett Favre. And we know Andy North. Of all the AmFam ambassadors, who else would you like to see added to that? Because Kevin Durant is one of those guys, right? I think he's going to be unavailable. Uh, well, maybe he would be available by that time, right? He might be done, but it's a, then uh, you'd be saying to Kevin Durant, hey, you just played like 100 billion games this season. Now go over to Madison. Justin James? I think he's the one that we're all kind of waiting for. Wonder uh, How strong is his golf game? It's probably pretty dangerous for the uh, galleries. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't I don't know how long, how strong JJ's golf game is, but um, I could I think JJ's going to be part of this mix at some point down the road, right? I would hope so. I would think it's just a matter of time before he is. I mean, it makes it's the perfect fit. Yeah, it's the perfect fit for real. So uh, we'll know a little bit more and and share some of that with you on Thursday. But right now we know three uh, fourths of that foursome that plays in that celebrity back nine challenge on Saturday afternoon. It's always fun. I mean, you know, going to watch them hit and work the crowd a little bit on the range before they go, it doesn't take away, although for some, some are going to go to watch the Celebrity Back Nine. Some are there for the tournament and the Celebrity Back Nine, and some are there for the tournament. But either way, they'll have some fun. We get um, we get a great concert on Friday night that week. At, Is it Ario Speedwagon yeah, Ario this year? Speedwagon at uh, Bree Stevens on the Friday night. So... Fun stuff to be had. We'll continue to tell you about it as we get more information. Now, this we know about the Brewers in their matchup tonight with St. Louis. It is uh, Zach Davies and Michael Walker, the principals on the mound in this game that starts at 640 tonight. We're going to visit with Tom Hardicourt. He will join us at 515 uh, in our 5 o'clock hour. We'll also hear some of what uh, Craig Council has had to say to the media Brewers lineup tonight, Kane, Yelich, Aguilar, Shaw, Brown, Perez, Pena. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Saladino Davis, Davies. If Davis is pitching, it's a different story. But again, Braun into the number five spot in the lineup as he was yesterday. You know, he returned, played a game, took a day off, played another game, took a day off, and now he's in, in the five spot in the lineup tonight for the Brewers. And continue to see if this team can stay as hot as they have been. It has been really good baseball. You know what the thing we talked about, John? It's May 29th. What May was going to be show me month. The Brewers have done oh. an incredible job in May. If you're grading this on a scale of 1 to 10, did the Brewers prove it in the month of May? Yeah, it's a 10. It's a 20. Yeah, they 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 absolutely proved it. So can you give 110%, John? Cuz you just gave them a 20 on a 10-point scale. They, you know, there, there they, are people that have that pet peeve. Said, yeah, know. you know, somebody says I gave 110 percent. No, you didn't. You gave 100. Yeah, I, I don't have that pet peeve. No, just like I don't have the pet peeve about talk about questions because I understand what you're getting at. Now, if it's a sit down one on one exclusive that you've been planning for months with a big name celebrity or athlete, and you say talk about, well, okay, come on, you've had probably a month to prepare for this exclusive interview, but I. So that's a pet peeve that doesn't bother me, 110%. By the way, two weeks from now, when the Brewers, uh, two weeks from today, they'll be in the sandwich game of a three-game homestand, uh, a three-game home set against the Chicago Cubs. Okay? Might I remind you that those three games, June 11th, 12th, and 13th against the Cubs, are the only games against Chicago until September. Hmm. You go the entire summer without playing the Cubs, except Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, two weeks from now. The rest of the summer, June, July, and August, no Cubs. Well, they have, I'm sorry, let me pull that back. A two-game set in Chicago on August 14th and 15th. August 14th and 15th. Okay. That's it. So there are only five games against the Cubs the entire three full months of summer, June, July, and August. Three, two weeks from now in Milwaukee, two in Chicago on August 14th and 15th. That's an oddity of the schedule. I mean, you've got to play them 19 times. Well, you already played them eight times, right? And in April, pretty yeah. much. A little bit. Of, did they play them in May? I don't know. And just think Whatever of that, John. I mean, if it obviously the Cubs owned the Brewers in those seven games, but the Brewers have 20 losses, seven of them came against the Cubs. Yeah, that's crazy. Otherwise, so the, the Brewers are 34 and 13. I was going to say, what's the record? Against games, uh, with games not against the Cubs. 34 and 13. And when they score at least one run? When the Brewers score at least one run, John, they are 35 and 11. Put one on the board. Pretty good chance you're going to win that game. So far this year, the Brewers have been shut out nine times. They have not won a single one of those. It's kind of like the every putt in the history of golf that's been left short has not gone in. Mm-hmm. The Brewers, uh, you know, they're not going to win a game if you don't score a run. It's kind of like when they're you zero nine. When you card a birdie at golf, that's the you just tied the second best score of all time in any given hole ever. That's wrong, isn't that right? <laughs> you got that wrong. Or how do you say it? When you birdie a par three, when you score two on a par three, you right, have right, right, the right. second best score in the history of golf. Yes, on a single hole. Not when you birdie or you birdie to par five. No, that four. Yeah, no, 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 come I'm, on, yeah, John. Yeah, no, that's you got to get the your little deals say. right. That's not a big deal, Mike. Leave it's it alone. a big deal, John. 
You need to be better. I agree with though uh, those things that you were saying before. Thank you. You're you're absolutely right. That's twice today you've agreed with me. Yeah. Get used. Don't get used to it. Three more times, and I'd be happy. Yeah. <laughs> They're the in crowd, we're the other ones It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from We let our colors show where the numbers ain't We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint That's who we are This is the Mike Keller Show That's how we roll Call the show at 877-729-1070 Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show outside. Now, here's Mike Keller. I will get high and I never get stained when we saddle up and ride them in the pouring rain. Outside of, I will ride us. I will run, burn, and rubber up our tires. Yeah, we're the fighters. They all matter. So we did it. We get into the 5 o'clock hour on a Tuesday, which is our Monday, which makes this a short week. It's a short work week. It's already Tuesday. It's already almost 5 o'clock on a Tuesday, which means that everything else gets compressed. This is a compressed work week for us. And just like some of you in the business world, you've got to compress five days of work into four days. we got to compress five days of talk into four days. How are we doing so far, John? So far, so good. That's John Audius. Hey, fellas, what's up? I agree with what you just said on so far so good. Oh, think, stop! You can't. It has huh? to be. You can't agree with. It has to be. I do. I think you're dead on. I think you're absolutely right about that. I think we've Cheap. done a good job so far about compressing um, our five days of talk into four days in day one. I think, John, what we've got today is about one and one quarters day. Uh, of work being done already. So we're almost at a full day's work being done on one day, and we still have an hour yet to go. I'm going to say this again. There should be three-day weekends. That should be a thing. It should be standard. And it may be, you know, not for, for me, maybe for my child or perhaps another generation on the road. I hope we really get to three-day weekends. You kidding me? You, do you notice the difference? Like, you just physically feel, at least, okay, I can only speak for myself. I just feel that much more ready to go on a Tuesday as opposed to a Monday. How would we do on our uh, GNP if we went down to four-day work weeks? I don't know. Maybe people would work harder during those four days. Maybe they'd get the exact same done. What about in the entertainment business? Like, what do you mean? Well, I mean, people still want to watch Fallon or uh, Kimmel or whatever four, five nights a week. Oh, they can still do that five nights if they'd want to. Oh, so they have to work five days. Sure, why not? People still want to listen to Sports Talk Radio five days a week. Are we still working? I think we are, John. See, this doesn't apply to us. That's you a know good question. How, I don't know. Like on Friday in here mm-hmm. at noon. On a 79-degree day. <laughs> all of the business of our radio station was gone, right? Sales staff, <laughs> administrative staff. Oh, yeah. So it was just us. We were working. We That, that five four-day work week doesn't apply to you and I. But if everybody worked four-day work weeks, would there be a need for that Monday yes. stuff? Yeah. Would there be a... Because yes. everybody's, everybody's the same, basically. I don't think we can ever get to the point that you want to get to. No, let me ask you a question. Some people that work seven days a week, but there's no okay. clamoring for anything let me, on Saturday let me give or you Sunday. This. Um, not that people need to know, but let's say the average guy here... 
that's been on the air for a while would get four weeks of vacation time. Okay. What if you just took those 20 days and made them all shoulder days to weekends? You'd have 20 weeks out of your work year that would be four-day work weeks. That's a great idea. Then you sacrifice sacrifice a vacation. All mini three-day weekends. Probably more productive person. 20 of them. That's plus even, the plus the ones that are built in already. Even, you wouldn't oh. take them with Memorial Day, so you'd be getting or Labor at Day, like twenty three, maybe something like that. Twenty or Thanksgiving, or you know whatever they do for Christmas and New Year's. You probably have half your year. You probably have twenty six four day work weeks. I'd be tempted to do a lot in the summertime, though. It would right. make those other months. Yeah, and you normal. can't. You can't do. I it don't anymore. know. I'm just saying. I love the three-day yeah, weekend, a, the four-day work week. It's a good. I I agree with you on that one. I love it. I'm Stop in total it. agreement with Stop it. that four-day work week, three-day weekends. By the way, Drew Olson said earlier today on the Drew Olson Show that he puts in 15 to 20 hours a week on yard work. It's crazy. It, I you, don't... What? Can, are, okay, really? wait a second. Are you calling him a liar? I'm just... I want to see the... Answer the question. I want to see his work. I want his yeah, work so laid it's out. Like, so here's the, it's like a math question in junior high and high school where they say, well, here's the answer. No, show your work. Show your work. And then, yeah. 15 to, what are you possibly doing for 20 hours on average per week? Outside, like on yard work. Uh, Drew's, Drew's landscaping. It's a, he's it's got a, a little side hustle. A, oh, that's a side job. 15. Oh, he didn't say he was working on other people's yards. Oh, well, he, was things, he trying to make his you don't have to lawn know. look like, you know, the outfield of a major league ballpark? Like he's, I don't know. Is he cross cutting? Is he, is he mowing? Is he have the, you know, the designs in the lawn? Do you mow differently when you cut your grass? Every once in a while. Yeah. Does he change the mulch every week? I mean, what's going on here? Is he constantly, you don't bag, do you? No. Ever? No. Do you have a mulch? Do you mulch it? Uh, it, it the, the lawnmower itself? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a mulching mower. Yes, yes. Is it a, a self-paced know. walk behind? I mean, do you, yes, it, it, self-propelled? Yes, little, yeah. for sure. Self-propelled, yep. Good on you. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying, like, what, what do you think you spend the average week outside doing yard work? Okay, so let's be fair. This time of year, John, I'm cutting the grass at least twice a week, if, but if I went 10... Let's say I I went 15 days. It's going to be cut um, four times in 15 days. Probably twice doing a week, it, but every four days. Okay, <laughs> yeah, all right. Sometimes on a third. I mean, with as hot and rainy as as it's been, yeah. So it it happens, and so if if I'm doing that, I've got four hours into yard work a week. Okay. What about the time it takes me to water potted plants every day? You're, <laughs> you said earlier today it takes I got another you, fifteen minutes into you that. You said well, you said twenty at first, then you lowered it to fifteen. It takes you twenty fifteen to twenty minutes a night to water plants. How many plants you guys got around the house? Well, you got to do like it the 50? right. Don't you have to do it the right way? I mean, they need to drink. Oh sure, but I don't know. So that's fifteen to twenty minutes a night that you're watering plants. It seems insane to me. But maybe you have a lot of plants. I'm not going to... Maybe I'm meticulous about getting the process done. So that average works out to... What about refilling bird feeders? Is that yard work? Uh, sure. Okay. So that takes, what, five minutes to refill a bird feeder? If you mow, then do you weed eat every time? Do you do you run out the trimmer? 
to you know. Okay, so there's another. Depending on the size 15, of your property, I don't know. I'm just trying minutes. to defend Drew, who apparently I know you you're are. calling a liar. I'm not. I just want to see his work. I'm not calling him a liar. I want to see his 15 hours to 20 hours on a you know on a piece of paper. Like this is how much time I spend. Well, there is an Get, estate there. I mean, acres, uh, acreage. Uh, He's got acreage. I am on the very very low end of this. I bet you I put in like 40 minutes a week. <laughs> Sometimes yard. not that, <laughs> and it shows. Um, but I don't know. I just thought that number was like, get out of here. 20 hours? You got a part-time job? Just taking care of your yard? It's crazy. Oh, so uh, we're going to visit with Tom Hardicourt. He'll join us at about uh, quarter 20 past. We'll hear a little bit from uh, Craig Council and the Brewers getting ready for tonight's Michael Waka showdown with Zach Davies and the Brewers. Also, this news in on the Brewers, and we'll visit with Tom Hardicourt about this, that Eric Thames expecting to get the go-ahead to resume hitting during his visit with the doc today in Phoenix. Then he could move quickly towards a rehab assignment. Now what are you going to do? What are you going to do when Eric Thames comes back into the fold in Milwaukee? Probably, I don't know, because he was having such a... A good month of April, He's right? Still, is he number two on their home run list? Yeah. He's second or third on their home run list. He was, I mean, left-handed bat. It goes back to that original platoon concept of he and Aguilar uh, splitting some time at first base and Braun splitting some time in the outfield. So, listen, it's a problem. It's a good problem. You don't know. Usually these things, and Tom will say it, usually these things work themselves out. Because somebody isn't producing or somebody is hurt. Somebody needs some extra time off. Mm-hmm. But that is, you know, I, I keep talking about the Brewers aren't even at 100%. They don't have another left-handed bat that they could use. And when Thames comes back and you activate him, what are you doing? What are you doing? What would you do, Manager Mike? Uh, you know, I, I, I guess I'm not sure. Uh, it depends on what is going on, where Braun is concerned, how healthy is he. Uh, it would depend on what's going on in in right field, what I want to do from that positional standpoint, who's producing, who's not producing. But I think I would want to go Thames Aguilar as uh, not a straight platoon, but probably a platoon as much as you could do that. Mm-hmm. But how do you take... Aguilar's bat out of the lineup against a right-handed or left-handed pitcher. I mean, he is he's in the three-hole in the lineup, and there's a reason, because the dude is producing. So I, I don't I don't have the answer. It's uh it's something they're gonna have to get they'll have to get figured out. And I don't know the answer to that question. So uh all of this is is interesting, you know. And the other thing it does is, if you look at the calendar, is it brings July into play. And July is a trade heavy month. You know, that's the trade deadline is the end of July. Um, what could you do from the standpoint of making a deal? And I don't know who you're going to deal. Conrad and Madison called. Hey, Conrad. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Um, I was on a nationwide talk show this last weekend talking to Brewers. And they, uh, you know, I just asked the bold question, hey, you know, the Brewers are here to stay. What are you doing to, uh, you know, make the Brewers better? 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're the uh, the GM and he brought up one name and one name fast, and he said the Brewers are going to make a move on Cole Hamill and they're going to have to give up somebody that they got in depth. And so I guess if I'm reading between the lines, all of a sudden you got depth between Eric Thames, if he's healthy, and Aguilar. Aguilar's the, uh, the young gun, probably able to move on a guy like that. I don't know what kind of deal would get put on the table, but he thought that the Brewers pitching would, cause I'm a, if I'm on the right planet, Cole Hamels is a pitcher, correct? That's correct. Last, last glance, yes. Yes. So uh, I don't know what's your thoughts on that. I'll take the take your answer off here. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, Conrad. I I think the question um, is is this about making a deal is do you want to deal Eric Thames on a hot Jesus Aguilar or would you want to deal from a position of of institutional depth? In your program and in the outfield, would you deal a Domingo Santana? Is there a desire? Is it there a want to uh, when you consider where Braun is in his career? Um, do you want to keep that outfield of Santana, Kane, Yelich together, depending on what Braun does as you roll forward? And then there's also, you got to figure out with Cole Hamels, right? He What's his contract status? You'd be getting him for how long? Because I'm, I'm trying to pull up his contract right now. Uh, let's see, 2019, $20 million team option in 2019. So that means you could bring him back for 19, right? For $20 million. So you'd have him for a year and change. Is that, is that worth it? And then here's my other question I, I have for starting pitching. And I'd like to welcome into the show, Mikey Baseball. Hey, John. Hey, um, okay. So obviously Craig Council, and you've talked with Tom Hardicourt about this before. They have this kind of, you know, 27 out approach. And it doesn't really matter whether or not you're starting pitcher, d- depending how many pitches he's throwing. Like if you get to like 18 outs, right? Like it's time to go with our plan. It's time to bring in the next guy and the next guy. So would you trade for a starting pitcher, even though it appears that you have a philosophy of you know outs? Just getting those 27 outs is more valuable than seeing how long your starting pitcher can go. Yeah, I, 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 that's a, a a fair question. Understand this too. At what point will they determine what they can get from Jimmy Nelson? All right, so if you add Nelson, and again, not knowing what Nelson brings. But let's say Nelson was pretty close to the guy who left the field in Chicago on that Friday night last September and then didn't return, or August, whenever it was, late August. If if Nelson gave you some of that, and you've got Chase Anderson and Zach Davies, and Junior Guerra, and Yolis Chassin, you're at a pretty good spot in the rotation as as it were. The problem is, is that some people are going to look at it and say they really don't have an ace. No, they've got four or five really good starting pitchers. None of them would be starting in the All-Star game. None of them are going to be candidates to win the Cy Young as a starting pitcher. But they're all really good. So then does your philosophy change 
when you go shorter series in the postseason? Does the philosophy change for October starting pitchers? And is that where Cole Hamels comes in to play? And that has to be determined if you get there. Is that what you're saying? Like, if you get there, then you'll start to well if, work out those details. No, I don't think so, John. I think you have to have that strategy in play in June and July. Because otherwise, you wouldn't trade for Hamels right. if your strategy or your philosophy says, listen, we're, we're, we're feeling really good about what we have with who we have. And in the now, the Brewers have been pretty good. Uh, from Pitching has not been the issue. You know, they got Davies, Guerra, Anderson, Chassin, and Suter. Suter's the guy you wonder about, but Wade Miley was the guy that had Suter's spot, and then Brent Suter in the right situation has been really good. So what is the issue if you're the best team in the NL record-wise and you're 15 games over 500? So many times we're always like, the issue with this team is this. So the issue is consistent offense. That's been the issue, right? Nine shutouts. Yep, I'll give you that for sure. Okay, so getting offensive production from the catching position, shortstop, and second base, right? Because you're getting it big time from third base. You're getting it big time from first base, from all three outfield spots because, you know, Domingo Santana started to hit. So I look at all of these things, and I'm thinking to myself, the the weakness of the team is uh, a little bit more offense, another bat off the bench. Thames brings some of that. I don't know if I would go make the Hamels deal. Let's see what June brings, and those decisions are made in July anyway. Now, Michael agrees with me on Twitter. He says, you cannot take Jesus out of the lineup. If only we had someone that knew things about the Brewers and we could talk to him about Cole Hamels and and things of this nature. Eric Thames coming back. If only we had someone we could talk to about. I agree with you, John. You're dead on on that. I agree with you 100%. What about Tom Hardicourt? You want to call him? Let's do it. Our Brewers baseball insider Tom Hardicourt will join us live from Miller Park next. This is the Mike Heller Show. Always look forward to this, getting a chance to visit with Tom Hardicourt, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, JS Online. Our baseball insider brought to you by Westtown Monona Tire, where Ted and Brandon lead a top-notch team to serve you. That's at the corner of Gammon and Odana Roads in Madison. And by Left's Lucky Town in Tosa, your living room away from home. And we welcome in Tom Hardicourt. Tom, how are you? Good, Mike. How's it going? Doing good. You know, last week we talked a little bit about uh, Ryan Braun's spot in the batting lineup which is now in play a couple days in a row now in the five spot in the lineup. And he talked about that he had gone into Craig Council to visit with him about this. What's your understanding of what happened? Well, I think they were both um, thinking it was the right thing to do. And I, I think that Braun probably figured that Council was going to come talk to him about it, so he just kind of took the first step himself and said, you're probably already thinking about this, and so am I, so... Yeah, he, the the first four spots in the Brewers' batting order have been dynamic uh, recently. Lorenzo Cain, Christian Yelich, 
Jesus Aguilar and Travis Shaw. You know, the Aguilar thing we didn't see coming. For, for one thing, he didn't know he'd be playing every day with Eric Thames injured. But it'd be crazy to break up that foursome the way that they're uh, running through pitchers right now. So, And then um, Braun, who had not hit in a ton of luck this year, got three hits his first game in the five-hole. <laughs> <Right>. So <laughs> that also fell into if it ain't broke, don't fix it category. Including a stoinker, which he hadn't had many of, right? Yeah, he you know he brought up. I knew his um, his BABIP batting average on balls put in play was low, and and he mentioned that I looked it up and going into the game yesterday it was two fifty seven, and his career average with balls in play was three thirty. So he was way way down. Um, he's obviously not been finding a bunch of holes. Line drive percentage is pretty high for having that low of an average. So he has not hit in great luck. He's also not been healthy a lot, um, been in and out of the lineup. It's been a truncated first two months for him. And just imagine if he starts hitting uh, what the possibilities are. Because other than a few early games that he won with home runs, which obviously was important at the time, um, you know, he hasn't been a consistent contributor like some of the other guys have been. And, if he gets going and they go five deep with hot hitters at the top of the lineup, it's going to, they're going to really be a force. You know, they're putting a lot of pressure on opposing teams now with their offense. They're uh, Even in innings that they don't score, they're getting guys on base. and They've gotten away from that home run or bust um, method of scoring that they had been doing for so long. <laughs> yeah. And, and as we... <laughs> As we sit and the Brewers get ready for Game 2 against the Cardinals, um, you, you mentioned Eric Thames' name, and his name came up today in Brewers' conversation, right? Yeah, we had just asked for an update. He went to see the um, the thumb surgeon today to get clearance to resume hitting. And once he does that, they, they don't think it's going to take more than a week or so before he'll be ready to go on minor league rehab. And then he'd probably do a week of that. So we might be within two or three weeks of them having him back on the team. So you'll you'll be pleased to hear that uh, I just unofficially ran that by Stearns down on the field and said, <laughs> uh, I don't guess you'd like to go on the record right now saying what you're going to do when that happens, are you? He goes, no, I'll wait for that. <laughs> yeah, because you don't have to solve that dilemma yet. I mean, that puzzle might not be a puzzle by the time you get to it. These things have a way of working themselves. I remember the start of the year when we said, how in the heck is Jesus Aguilar going to get any at bat? Yeah. Well, and that, that old, the uh, the concept that the bat plays, uh, you know, Aguilar is is the fantastic example of that. And he's, he's really done it, Tom, kind of out of nowhere, hasn't he? From a year ago when we kind of had no idea who the guy was starting in Milwaukee in spring training, earned opportunities, took advantage of those opportunities, and then the first two or three weeks of this season wasn't in there much at all, and now, no. yeah, I know. You know, there, there's two parts to opportunity. There's the getting the opportunity, and then there's the taking advantage of the opportunity. Some guys never get the opportunity. Some guys get the opportunity and don't take advantage of it. And then the guys that get both are the guys that get our attention. Yeah, and and he's got our attention, and all the credit goes to him. You know, he made them keep him last year by going nuts in spring training, batted over 400, hit a bunch of home runs, drove in a bunch of runs, and they just would have looked dumb to not keep him, you know, even though he was out of options. 
And so they kept him. He had a really good year as the backup first baseman and, and one of the better pinch hitters in the league. Then this year, he's probably the 25th guy on the roster when they made their final cuts because, you know, the Braun playing some first base factor came into it. And so, but he didn't get his dauber down. Somebody told me the other day that they had never heard that expression, get your dauber oh, down. And I said, that's, I just heard it all the time when I played high school football in Virginia. The coach was always telling us not to get our dauber down. Is, is that a new one to you? <laughs> no, no, I've heard it for years. And it had nothing to do with Bob Lanier, uh, who they called the big dauber. <laughs> Well, I I have no idea if I ever had my dauber down in high school football because I wasn't really sure what my dauber was. What is what was your view of the Anthony Rizzo slide yesterday in Pittsburgh, which has been a conversation throughout uh, Major League Baseball today? I'm not going to call it dirty, but I think it's unnecessary. You know, um, I, I don't know why sliding in the home is different than sliding in the second. If you do that second base and don't slide into the bag and slide off to the side and knock the guy down, you know, it's an automatic double play. So, um, and, and here they've gone out of their way to protect the catchers with a no collision rule. Well, they say, I think they need that addendum. You know, he had tagged the plate and stepped forward, and I get that you're breaking up a double play, but you're not allowed to do that at second base anymore. So why are you allowed to do it at catcher? And I don't blame the Pirates for me, man. I don't know how bad that guy was hurt. Um, but it's just unnecessary. And I understand what he was doing. And he calls it playing hard. Well, it's borderline, you know, if not over the borderline, uh, too aggressive. You know, the guy's unprotected. He doesn't see you. You know, at least when you take the shortstop or second base, they see you coming. Right. That guy yep. never saw him coming. You know, so I, I, I you know, I saw Joe Madden, you know, we don't want to, like, wear dresses or whatever. You, know, you always get two distinctly different viewpoints, depending <laughs> on whether your guy's the guy that got clipped or not. You know, so. But I just think it was a, it was too aggressive for me and unnecessary. You know, we uh, we had a caller call in, Tom, asking about Cole Hamels and whether or not that would ever be a possibility for Milwaukee. I mean, what do you think? Is did, is that a move? Did that... you ask that caller why he wants Cole Hamill? <laughs> yeah, well, we didn't get that deep into the conversation, I guess. <laughs> I'm assuming you don't yeah, think well, that's I mean, a... Doesn't he want like somebody who's pitching good? Yeah. Could be a better option. I mean, Cole Hamill does, does Cole Hamill do anything for you guys? Well, I mean, historically he has, but uh, not where he sits in the moment. So, that I mean, that begs the question as to what will the Brewers... Let's just fast forward this deal and say they're in a similar position, 15, 16, 17 games over 500 at the beginning of July. Most teams are looking for something in July. What would the Brewers be looking for? Well, I'm sure they'd be looking for pitching. And uh, usually, as great as their bullpen is, something, you know, usually look for one more reliever, too. Don't forget, last year at the trade deadline, they got Swarzak and Jeffress. Right. And then what, what was their big position on the second base? So they went and got Neil Walker. So that was that was their move. So they went for the things that they thought they needed the most. Swarzak ended up playing a big role in their bullpen. Um, you know, starting pitching is usually cost prohibitive. Um, what has Sonny Gray done for the Yankees since they went yeah. and got him last year? I mean, you you look at those acquisitions that everybody was talking about at the trade deadline a year ago from a pitching standpoint, and the Cubs hit on one. They got Quintana. Quintana right. was the one that hit. But you don't know which one is 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 going to be right. the guy. That and they hits. also, but but um, I don't remember the total package. But they gave up their number one prospect, Aloy Jimenez, in that trade. 
So it's kind of like what the Brewers had to give up to get Yelich. If I'm giving up my number one prospect, I want the guy who plays every day, uh, the guy who pitches 28 times a year. Yeah, I'm with you there. And my goodness, how good of uh, – I mean, you're watching it front and center every day, but Kane and Yelich have been fantastic. Everything that they were billed to be when you acquired – With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to – has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And hope that they would be to point here two months into the season. They have been every bit of that. Yeah, the phrase as advertised is often overstated, but not with them. You know, and... uh, yeah, they've been exactly what they needed. And, you know, the the uh, the decision-makers hoped it would rub off a little bit on the rest of the team and they wouldn't have to be so home run alive. And at least the last few weeks it seems to have, you know, and those guys have been on base so much that, uh, you know, Jesus Aguilar, all he has to do is keep hitting fly balls. If, if they go out of the park, it's a home run. If they don't, it's a sacrifice fly. Yeah. And and I see that Olbermann uh, didn't think that Jesus was much. Keith Olbermann uh, didn't think that Jesus was much of a defender. You and Vasallo got after him a little bit on some of that. Yeah, I think um, I I hope maybe he just mis- mistook him for somebody else because <laughs> um, I think he, he used the kind. I think the phrase was laugh out loud defense, and that just yeah, a li- yeah, a little overstated. So. He didn't want any more wrestling memes from you and Vassalo. I didn't know that I, I was trying to see if you had sent him any. Yeah, I like Keith, but he he missed on he swung and missed on that one. Yeah, yeah. So and he got a pretty good beat down on Twitter. One thing I I can vouch for on Twitter is if you throw something out there that's not agreeable, you will hear about you it re- relatively <laughs> shortly and quite often. No doubt about it. Uh Tom, we'll do it again Thursday. Always appreciate your times and your insight. Thanks, and I appreciate us going through the entire uh, interview here without you bringing up uh, Brent Suter's bruised nipple. <laughs> we didn't get to the nipple twister. No, we missed it. Thanks, Tom. All right, Mike. Tom Hardicourt of Milwaukee Journal Sentinel JS Online. Did you see that? No. Is... Well, he got a he got a ball hit back at him, and they asked him post game oh, where okay. it got him. He said right in the nipple nipple area, kind of like a, a, a <laughs> nipple twister. Perfect. Do we have that audio? Oh, gosh, yeah. It's, it, just look through the Twitter. It's there. All right. Yeah, it's there. Uh, we continue uh, a little bit more on Brewers and Cardinals tonight at Miller Park and Milwaukee. First pitch is an hour and seven minutes from now. This is the Mike Heller Show. So they're going to go to work a little bit earlier tonight at Miller Park in Milwaukee. Zach Davies and Michael Waka. First pitch is at 640. Keep this in mind. Tomorrow's game is a 12-10 first pitch. And tomorrow's game will be played and viewed on Facebook. 
which we did that earlier this spring, John. You liked it. Didn't mind it at all. Because you like all the comments. Pleasantly surprised that you can go through comments, that they do like all this interactive stuff. I really did like it, yeah. So the principals in tomorrow's game, Junior Guerra and Alex Reyes, again, that's a 12-10 first pitch on Facebook tomorrow. But tonight, Zach Davies goes against Michael Walker. We now hear from Brewers manager Craig Council, who talks about and was asked about Zach Davies now getting his second start since returning from the DL and how much that may benefit him. Well, yeah, I mean, feel is, is you know, as important to him as it is to anybody. Um, you know, he's a, he's a pitch maker. Um, precision is um, something that has to kind of follow him around. Like, you, you have to use that word with him. So uh, he needs those, you know, attributes. And, you know, sometimes we've seen for Zach that, um, you know, it happened you know, for, for a bunch of seasons. It's really happened kind of later in the season where that precision has kind of taken a step forward. So, you know, the challenge for him is to get that going a little faster. He had a little break. Um, you know, if anything, hopefully that um, keeps him fresh a little longer in the season. But, um, you know, the, the, his precision, it's, it's an important trade for him. Um, I, I mean, I think there, there's a couple things. I think he's throwing the, his velocity has picked up um, kind of since he since we got him back last year. Um, that always helps. Um, he's throwing more strikes. That always helps. Um, and, I, and I think the last thing is he's just he's very confident right now. And so he's, you know, I think when the catcher puts down a sign. Um, he is confidently, you know, he's confident that he's going to execute that pitch. Um, I don't think there's ever been a, a question of, of JJ's stuff. He's always had plus stuff. Um, his split finger probably is another attribute that's kind of come along a little bit. But, but um, you know, you put those traits together now, and I think it leads to a pitcher who's, who's on a pretty good run. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think he's he's just using his feet better. There's better. Um, it, it's it's as much as his, his feet as anything. Uh, he's, to me, he's just using his feet better. Um, and your feet get you in trouble. They they get you better. They they get you out of trouble as well. They get you better hops. Um, they make hard plays look easy. Um, you know, they make your throws better. So it's um, it's just that work I think that the last two weeks his feet have really been in sync and I think for that reason you've seen you know you've seen a really consistent defender the numbers are where they were two years ago but are you starting to see more of the Johnny because you said it's retraining we know what's in there we've seen it are you seeing more of what you saw from him in 2016 um I think the last probably since you know it coincides with when the when offensively as a team we've picked it up is that he's he's the last you know two or two or three weeks or whatever since since the road trip he's swung the bat much better the ball's been in the air more he's driven the ball more um you know that's that's he has that's this he has strength to hit the balls in the gap hit balls over the fence um we saw that yesterday um it, it can be part of his game and and i think when it is then he turns into a dangerous offensive player Greg, the thing we talked about yesterday about keeping pressure on the other team, um, does it work also with your bullpen that 
to puts pressure on the team not to fall behind because you guys have been, you know, the best in baseball at protecting leads in the last three innings. Um, is, is there a pressure that you're able? It reminds me of that 2011 team when you guys got K Rod and you had, um, you know, uh, Saito and, and Latroy do the seventh, and then you had K Rod do the eighth, and then they had Axe the ninth. You, you're not always using the same formula. You're obviously not, but, but you're having the same results in those, those last three innings in particular. Um, I don't, I don't know how it makes their team feel. Um, how about you? You know, I think, I think, well, I think, I think as a, as a team though, um, you know, protecting late inning leads is, um, you know, it's, it's important for teams. I think to, to be, you know, so close to winning a game and, and getting it knocked out of you. It, look, we all know what happens to every team at some point in the year and during the year. But um, it, it is a feeling of confidence for I think for us more than anything for the for the position players and you know that you get a, you get a you get a lead and you got a good chance that um, you know it's going to hold up um, and that's you know I think so I think it works for us as mu- as much as anything. Craig Council meeting with the assembled media prior to the Brewers and Cardinals tonight at Miller Park in Milwaukee. First pitch is about 54 minutes from now, just at 6.40 Central Time. Brewers try to stay hot. John, I I said this and I was half kidding when we uh, had our conversation with Jeff Patrikas in the last hour, the 4 o'clock hour of the program. But I really do spend a little extra time just kind of marveling at the standings, and if you go to the National League standings, you just did the co- the league standings, like they do a conference standings in the NBA. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers are the best team in the National League. In fact, they're the only team playing above 600 winning percentage baseball. The Atlanta Braves are nine games over 500. That is the next best in the National League. The Brewers are 15 games over. Milwaukee has a three-game lead on the next best in the National League. That's really heady stuff. Some people put a marker on Memorial Day. Today is Memorial Day plus one. Some people put a marker on that and say, say that this is a bit of a litmus test where you are on Memorial Day. Well, look where the Brewers are. I'd like to see uh, like some statistical breakdown of teams that you know were leading their di- division or leading whatever and how they finish at the end of the year. Like, Maybe you should author that statistical breakdown. Although I agree with what you just said there. I mean, about you can't, wanting this is to cheap. See. That's the last, last time inside baseball here. Mike was trying to find the first half box score of Rockets Warriors. Couldn't find it anywhere. I said, Heller, if I find it, you owe me something. He said, yeah, okay, whatever. Found it. I said, you have to compliment me. Well, I, first I said, what? All yeah, like, like all day. All day or something. I need a number. I need a number. Number of need... times you compliment and say you agree with me. I said, how about once me? an hour? And you said, no, how about five times? Yeah. I'm above the five. But now you're just, it was intended, so this is the last time because you're taking advantage of me. It was intended as far as, you know what, John, that's a great take. I think I agree with you. Kind of an inside baseball yeah. deal. And now you're just saying it to random things that I say. You're right it's on the last this. time I do research on I, this show. No, I think you're right on that, too. I, see, I, see. I, in calling me out here, I actually agree with you. I think that you have caught me in something um, that I was I was guilty of, and I appreciate your honesty in, in calling me out on that. I agree with you that it was a kind of a cheap way for me to go about it. See, I don't know where to classify that one. I uh, Who's looking for... I'm just saying. Who was looking for any classification on that, John? Who's looking for anything? So maybe like a, a statistical breakdown of, I don't know, maybe put it like 
teams that were ten games above five hundred. Well, How did they fare? I think it's I think it's fun. To, Joe Robinson put this out on Twitter earlier today. The Brewers talking about remarkable consistency. Friend of show, yes. That they've got a winning record on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Friday, on Saturday. They're five hundred on Thursdays and a couple of games under on Sundays. They had a winning record in March, a winning record in April, easily a winning record in May. That they have a winning record against right-handed pitchers, a winning record against left-handed pitchers, a five hundred record in day games, fifteen games over five hundred at night. I mean, they they are have been uh, obviously a very good team home and away. You know, they're seventeen and ten at home. They're eight games over five hundred on the road. Uh, they're seven and two in series play away from home. I mean, this is uh, the Brewers are eleven five and one in series. They've won five straight. Hmm. So, I mean, in game two of a series, they're thirteen and four. Uh, that's tonight's game two against the Cardinals. John, you know how much I enjoy when the Cardinals lose against anybody, but oh, yeah. when the Brewers beat them, it's even better. So what's that record now? Every twenty games we're looking for the number uh, at eleven and nine 11 for and every nine. twenty game stretch. So twenty two eighteen and that'd be thirty three and they were eleven and nine in the first twenty. Remember that they were right on the number thirty three and twenty seven. Yeah, so they're obviously well beyond. Oh, that. well beyond thirty five yeah. and twenty, and they have five more games in this uh, twenty game stretch. This next. So all of it is a good omen. Uh, all of it bodes well for what's next. We, you know, it's a it's a game, so we don't know what's next. But one more little heady number, John. Boston has the best record in baseball at thirty-seven and seventeen, twenty games over. The New York Yankees, who we hear too much about, they are next best at sixteen games over five hundred, thirty-three and seventeen. Then the Brewers and Astros. Both at 15 games over 500. The oddity here is that all of the other three teams are from the American League. The Brewers, as I mentioned, have the best record in the National League, and it's not really close right now. But again, it's May. I know we're almost turning the calendar to June. We'll do that later this week. Uh, And we all know where the Brewers were when we went to the All-Star break a year ago. And it didn't work out the way you wanted it to. Tim from Partyville, you want him to have the last word on the Brewers? Sure. Tim, you get the last word. Thanks for calling. Hello. Thanks, guys. Um, just wanted to comment that kind of, uh, you know, piggyback on your last sentiment there, Mike. Let's, let's kind of keep our expectations down a little. It's, it's exciting to watch what they're doing right now. It's, uh, it's, we're not supposed to be this good yet. Um, just uh, seeing what we're doing uh, as a group and how they've grown and come together. I mean, they, they look like they're having a lot of fun as a group, and it's fun to watch. Um, and I look forward to what happens as the season goes. But if you really look at the schedule, look at the last two months. It's not a cakewalk at all. They're, we're going to really find out if they're built for postseason or not. The last two months of the year. So you didn't find out anything. And I mean, this month was this month was that month, Tim. Everybody said yes, May was going to be the show me month. He agrees with you. Yeah. I mean, look what they done. What they've done in May against Pittsburgh and Cleveland and Colorado and Arizona and Minnesota and Arizona again and the Mets and St. Louis. they got two games left in the month of May, and it has been impressive. You know, May was the show-me month. So far in May, 18-7. and seven. Show me that. Uh, we're going to be back in tomorrow. You know who's going to join us on, on the show tomorrow? 
Mm, no. Our hockey insider, oh. Gary Shuchuk, Hockey Night in America. Yes. Gary Shuchuk joins us. Show tomorrow. Ask him his favorites, who he thinks can reach the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, because we, we're not sure. Gary will join us. Also, uh, Jesse Temple will join us on the program tomorrow. Ha- have a great Tuesday night. We'll talk to you Wednesday after 3 on the Mike Heller Show. I agree with John. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.